Hello, everyone. Welcome to the When at Work podcast. I'm your host, Julian Leahy, and I'm joined by the wonderful Claire Gallagher from Montpellier in the south of France via Ireland. Welcome to the show, Claire. Thanks so much for having me. I'm just not good at doing those intros. I just, there's just something missing. I'm just going to, oh no, I'll just do, I'll just keep going with it. And Claire, <laughs> we are t- calling this one Avoiding Overwhelm When You Are Your Only Employee. And this is about, um, well, uh, most people actually that I talk to are kind of solopreneurs. They're doing it themselves. And uh, then you hit a crossroads where, you know, should you scale up? Can you scale up? What is um, some of the frustrations that people are telling you uh, and some of the things that you are able to help them with for these solopreneurs, Claire? Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Definitely the solopreneur thing. I always try to avoid these kind of these trendy words like mm. something, somethingpreneur. I definitely would never describe myself as a mompreneur because I'm something other than a mother. But the solopreneur kind of sums it up in that you don't want more people. You don't want to have to manage people. That's not where your you know zone of genius is. And you want to just keep doing the work. It often happens with creatives that they don't want to step away from the creative work. And they want to keep providing the service instead of like uh, building an agency, as it were. So um, do most of the people that you work with, do they want to stay solo or do they want to learn how to um, delegate and employ and get freelancers or whatever it is? The majority of people that I would work with, um, they're definitely, they got into the business because they love what they do. And maybe they come from corporate or they come from agency work or they come from some kind of big, bigger structure. And they were always kind of frustrated how how things were done. So basically, a lot of the people that I work, they're just they're led by something they know they can do well. Um, And then when it comes into the actual being your own boss, you realize how much how little of it is actually delivering that service. So how much of it becomes marketing and admin and all of the things that go along with having a business. And then they get taken away from the service that they actually wanted to do in the first place. So I work pr- predominantly with service businesses. So that can be consulting, coaches, and a lot of creatives as well, you know, designers and copywriters and, and people like that. And it's, they love doing the work and providing the service. But having a business and providing the service as part of a business, they're two entirely different worlds. So I, I meet that frustration uh, quite a lot. People generally don't want to have a team of people unless it's getting a team to do the stuff that they really don't want to do, like admin and and stuff like that, and accountant accountancy and stuff like that as well. Yeah, the um, the marketing yourself and the content creation and whatever ads and all that stuff, it's it's really, it's like a full-time job. And um, mm-hmm. so people out there that are, you know, have become a coach or what have you, and, um, you know, you've, you're really not going to be able to be a coach unless you've got leads and customers coming in. Yeah. So, um, so is that sort of what your area is that you get in there and help people with that? This is it. So it's 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 strategy. So strategy is one of these weird words that you know people think of like a battle plan or a game plan or an action plan. But strategy goes a little bit broader than that. 
in defining who the ideal client is, how they show up, where they show up, what their service is, what kind of service it is. So the whole strategy, it's, it's, it's like creating the thing that you're putting out there. Um, so the, a typical project with me, it's like helping them to define their ideal client because the temptation is to either say, oh, well, everybody could benefit from my service or, oh, my ideal client is somebody just like me. And those are the two kind of, well, actually, you're not going to hire yourself. So your ideal client is not you and it's not just everyone. So um, again, when you are somebody who is brilliant at providing a certain service, you don't know, you don't necessarily know all of these strategy things and you don't have to know. Um, and then as soon as you step into the online world as a business owner, it's so noisy. There's so many people trying to sell you courses and programs and coaching and branding and websites and ads. But if you don't start with strategy, you're going to end up throwing money into a vacuum and it'll just, it'll not actually end up in you being able to do the work that you love, to do more of the work that you love. Um, yes. So I, I definitely see that as a, it's, it's an, I mean, I talk about strategy as a way of getting leads and clients, but strategy is really creating a meaningful business that's sustainable for you and actually suits how you want to spend your time. So how you want to spend your days, um, what kind of income that you want to get, how does that income come to you, all of these kind of things. So the, the, the work that I do with people is figuring out, well, what are they putting out there and what is the most sustainable way of them showing up? in order for them to get leads and clients online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, can you give me like a case study or an example of somebody that was kind of either a coach or whatever, and um, they were a bit stuck and, um, mm -hmm. and, and tell me about the strategy that you came up with for them? So uh, I would work a lot, surprisingly enough, I work with biz business coaches as well, whose work kind of consists of this kind of thing, but it's sometimes hard to, to do this work for yourself. But as a typical project, um, I work a lot with creatives and and life coaches, nutrition coaches. Let's just take a life coach as an example. Um, we started off by defining her ideal client. So initially she had kind of made assumptions around who her ideal client. It's somebody just like me. But somebody just like me is the kind of the red flag to say you actually need to go out and meet some people. And I know this is very common advice. You think you know your ideal client and then as soon as you start talking to them, you realize you were way off with your marketing and your, and your, and your copywriting even. So getting in touch with those ideal clients, literally getting in touch with them, not doing a Google search or copying somebody else who's doing something similar, but to actually go and meet five of these people and interview them. So it's the most natural market research that you can do. Have a coffee, get on a call and jump on a Zoom um, and have conversations, have a structured conversation around what problem they're trying to solve and how have they already tried to solve it that hasn't worked. So all of that kind of research and all of those really natural conversations, it'll bring up all of the vocabulary that you're going to need for your marketing. So your messaging, even if you're going in a search engine direction of how to get clients, they'll literally tell you the words that you need to put there. So, and I talk about five people because that's enough to start seeing patterns in vocabulary in patterns of, okay, well, I tried this course or I tried this activity and it didn't work. So you can use that in your, in your marketing going forward um, in a way that gets them, gets them nodding 
So I always say, try to get them nodding, not nodding off. So get your, get your kind of communications resonating with somebody to go, holy moly, she's talking right to me here. So after that initial client, ideal client research and definition, which can take a little while if, you, if, you, if you've been going off your assumptions for a while to kind of break that kind of mental connection and create a new one. After that's been done um, and you've understood also how they seek to solve their problem, um, that information just goes all the way into the marketing plan. So if they've told you, I spend all my time in LinkedIn and you've been spending all your time in Instagram, you need to make that change and set up in another place. Um, and as a solo business, you need to really mind your energy and make sure you're doing something that aligns with your temperament. Because if you sign up with them a, a, on a course and they're saying, okay, you're going to need to do a public speaking program and you're going to need to get on stages. And the person is like, holy crap, I'm never doing that. It just has to be something that aligns with your temperament. So if you're not somebody who yeah. likes to show up and be the happy, shiny person on Instagram, there's no way that that should be your strategy because it's not going to be sustainable. You're going to burn yourself out. So 100%. after that, it, it becomes a little bit more um, case specific after that, but it's, it's about creating something that aligns with your temperament and your energy and something that is actually going to meet your ideal clients along the way. That's a real important one, the uh, aligns with your temperament and because um, people do, they have certain, you know, it's, it's a hard distinction because sometimes people have a fear of creating content where they should mm -hmm. push through. And then uh, other times it's like, you know what? you probably should not be on TikTok or whatever it is. Yeah. This is um, something um, of, you know, I'm across a few platforms. I'm, I'm, I'm really, YouTube's my main one, but I'm trying to build the others. And so I've been looking around and I was looking at TikTok, someone who's successful on TikTok, and I just thought, I'm just not doing that. That's I could <laughs> do it, but that looks stupid. Yeah, so um, you've got to find, mm. you know, you know, not everything's going to be, and um, you just got to find uh, a few things that you can do that make you feel like they're good, and uh, you know, yeah. and you're comfortable doing it. But also, don't let fear hold back because sometimes that can be an excuse. That was the point I wanted to make. This comes up so much as well, which is why, like, I position myself as a, a digital strategy coach rather than a consultant because sometimes people just need to understand where that fear is coming from because it can be completely justified fear in that they have a fear of being seen in that way um but mindset comes so much into it as well if it is something that they do want to do and they do feel like it is the the best way to connect with their ideal clients and it does feel right the actual doing it having a strategy down on a piece of paper is one thing and having a kind of a mapped out numbers and projections is one thing but actually hitting the button, putting yourself out there, making a, a stand on, on maybe how you approach things, the doing of it, it's another story entirely. And that's where, that's where the kind of the coaching aspect comes into it, that we kind of sit with those fears and say, well, where's this coming from and what can we do? Yes. And um, other one is, oh, no, I'm just, I'm just waiting until it's perfect and I've got my perfect message and my perfect idea for content and um, that's a real um, problem okay. for people and you know you you are better off being a disaster but just pushing the trigger and um, and yeah. and doing and taking action 
Um, you know, I mean, I've done lives where I've interviewed somebody, you know, for a long time and their audio was just not even coming through. So I'm just mm. talking to myself, you know, and it's okay, <laughs> you know, I look like an idiot. But And the other thing I talked to you about, Claire, is um, being okay with looking like an idiot and not being um, like you've got to be super professional, being real, yeah. being authentic, making mistakes, and uh, people actually identify with that and like that. Um, it, it's it's so true because if I think about the people who I love to follow on um, in like in even in my inbox, you know, the emails that I get or the YouTube stuff that I watch or the any other social things that go on. Um, I love it when people fluff their lines or th the phone falls over midway through and they're like, oh, well, you know, let's get on with it. I think it's it, there's so much. I was talking to a client about it this morning about she was creating um, a podcast and she was. I was saying, well, what kind of podcasts do you think your ideal clients love to listen to? And we listen to a few of them and some of them are off-putting because they're so polished. You know, it's yes. like it's scripted and it sounds like an ad and like nobody tunes into ads on purpose. <laughs> um, so it's like when it's too polished, I don't know, you can, you can spend a lot of time trying to get things perfect in inverted commas. But um, something that I always say, it's like perfection perfectionism keeps you broke because you'll yes, spend a week on one tiny piece of content that's going to be gone like a flash in terms yes, of the eyes and, of your, your yeah, hundred percent you know and um and, and another one is uh, you know quality over quantity i mm -hmm. do agree with but sometimes that really creates a problem for people and it leads into that perfectionism and um, I, I reckon what you should do is when you start and you decide you're going to create content is you flip it and go, I'm going to do quantity over quality mm -hmm. and then you improve the quality and, and you find that you are just executing and you're doing so much stuff all the time and you, and you free yourself of all that fear yeah. and it starts getting good. And, um, you know, you talk about podcasts and stuff, you know, and I see people that really do try to make them perfect and um, the content is just kind of boring and yeah. um, too... You know, take like the humanity like, out of it. <laughs> like you say, yeah, they take the, the humanity out of it, take the fun out of it and, um, you know, it's all about having a good time talking to people and learning and, mm. and getting to know them and, and, and people will start to, you know, see Claire doing stuff that she's doing and I can, I'm already interested in thinking, oh, yeah, I can see what she's doing. And so if you're mm -hmm. a solopreneur, um, you know, well, I was going to lead on to actually, Claire, what, what's the first port of call for people, solopreneurs or, you know, people that are, you know, coaches and all of that, and they, they want to um, get some help? What, what do you, do you have a strategy call or? Yeah, I actually, I have, um, I have a discovery call because some people just want to, kind of say, well, what's, what's this chick all about? Like, let's see if she's, let's see if it's a good fit to work together. But I have, um, I have a little digital strategy audit. It's like a 20 minute session where we talk about where you want to go with your business, uh, what you're currently doing, what's worked in the past. And we kind of take a, take the temperature of how your business is doing online. And we look for the leaks, where are you leaking leads? Um, so that's, uh, that's available on clairecreative.com. Um, but it's, I love doing these calls. There's such great energy in it because there's sometimes there's a light bulb moment of like all of my clients come from my mailing list and then we test the mailing list sign up and it's broken. <laughs> so it can be some, something as simple as that. 
or people are signing up, but they're not receiving an automation and it's because the thing's not firing properly. But also it could be like a messaging issue or it could be um, maybe their, their website was set to not be listed on search engines. Like there's just like a, sometimes oh, yeah. it's a tech thing. Sometimes it's a tiny tech button that's completely sabotaging your lead generation. Or sometimes it's a thing of, uh, I, all of my clients used to come from Instagram, but since the pandemic has come, I feel too nervous to show up there. So that's the kind of, we find a way to replace that in a meaningful way that is sustainable. So the, the We Digital Strategy Audit, it's, it's a super powerful thing. Um, and if, if at the time of listening, <laughs> it's still around uh, April, if you go to my website, you'll see there's, there's a donation that you can make to the families of Ukraine who are fleeing Ukraine. And it's, if you make a donation there, you can get like an extra, an extra little digital strategy audit with me. Awesome. Yeah, uh, having an audit is is something where, you know, I think it's so important because uh, the amount of times I've gone into my own setups and funnels and, and there's something I've done two years ago and I, I have no idea what, what it is and if I change it, <laughs> what, what it's going to break and do I need it and all of that stuff. So I think actually having regular audits maybe once yeah. every year uh, would be oh, a really absolutely. good idea. Yeah, absolutely. so if you want to get some help. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, sorry. Like, I just want to say like a last thing there. It's like uh, always be testing your contact form. They are always breaking those things. So the contact form is such so often a culprit. Somebody thinks like, oh, nobody's getting my, nobody's contacting me to my website anymore. It's because the bloody contact form isn't working. I see people um, running ads on Facebook. I go into funnels. I love sales funnels. And I, I go and I watch the whole webinar and I watch oh, same, selling. Same. And, and I, so many of them I, I'll see and there's like the button doesn't work to actually pay or and I'm thinking, man, they probably already spent $10,000 in ads yeah. and they're wondering why it's not working and I'm yeah. sitting here and going, oh, yeah, yeah, this is not good. And it makes them look really bad. So test everything, you know, yeah. audit whatever you're doing. And, um, yeah, so have a chat to Claire at clairecreative.com particularly for life coaches, business coaches, solopreneur people, you need some help at some point. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you was um, when you said talk to five of your favorite customers, um, are these people, I'm sorry, are these people that you have previously as customers that you really liked and you want to work a, more with? That's a perfect question, actually, because it's um, when when I invite people to go and talk to five people, it's, it feels kind of vulnerable. You're like, you're, you're kind of going out there going like, I need help. And some people find it difficult. So they'll talk to their family and friends who are going to tell them you're great. You're doing great. Oh, the world loves you. It's fantastic. I encourage people to talk to five strangers because past clients are already aware of, of who you are, of what you do and what this conversation is about. If it's a, a stranger who more or less knows that, you're providing this kind of service, but they don't really know too much about you. You can get like clean data almost if you want to put it in a kind of a techie way, but it's like somebody who doesn't already know, like, and trust you and somebody who has nothing to lose by being completely honest with you. Um, and some, and like to make sure that they know that it is anonymous and they'll let, you're never going to share their story unless they want you to. Um, so strangers will give you more 
honest opinions and also people who you've worked with in the past, you probably kind of know their online habits. You probably kind of already know who's influencing them. So it's just stale, stale data. So I get you. A, a connection of a past client is a kind of an easy way to find people or a post in a Facebook group where your ideal clients more or less defined hang out and ask, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, I'm going to speak, it's going to be a 20 minute call. It could go longer. It could be shorter, but you can say that you give them something in return, like um, an audit, for example, for their digital strategy or um, some kind of small version of your, of your service as a kind of, as a thank you or a reward. I found in the past that you don't always need to offer a reward. A lot of people want to kind of talk about these things. If it is, if you are speaking to uh, solving a problem, so yeah, that's that's something yeah. with with messaging as well. It's like it has to bring, it has to encompass problem to solution in terms of like how you're communicating. Because if if like an example that uh, I learned this lesson when I started out, I was offering graphic design services, and that's the most ignorable message ever. Nobody jumped out of bed in the morning like I'm going to get some graphic design services today, rather than I'm going to create a meaningful brand that's going to connect with my ideal clients. Um, so that kind of messaging, is, if it's too vague, nobody's going to get it. And unless you're speaking to the problem that you solve, I mean, currently now I talk to people about you need to get clients for your business and you don't have a million hours a day to go and look for people. So like, um, your messaging really needs to speak problem to solution. And if you interview these people who are not really, they don't care about your success, <laughs> um, they'll give you honest answers that you can use to go and create meaningful messaging. To connect with more people like them yeah some good tips there and don't ask your mum because she'll tell you that you're fantastic yeah I know. well i don't know my mother was like i don't really understand what you do after 10 years of you doing it. Yes. <laughs> digital what <laughs> yes what is that nonsense why don't you get a normal job <laughs> i saw you on facebook claire what what yeah. was oh, that stop it <laughs> oh, you're making a fool no. out of yourself yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to wrap that one up. Um, thanks for coming on, Claire. Some really great uh, nuggets there, I think. And um, if I think it's interesting, I'm sure you will too. And, uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Well, you'll see me very soon on another episode. If you want to reach out with Claire, go to clairecreative.com. I'll also put all Claire's social LinkedIn or whatever on the blog probably in 12 hours' time. So thanks for coming on, Claire. Super efficient. Thank you so much. No worries. All right, good night, everyone. <laughs> Take care. Bye.